2: Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg.
3: This is Martina Navratilova.
4: I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy
5: Murray.
3: And you're listening to the Tennis Podcast.
5: The Tennis Podcast. The Tennis Podcast. <laughs>
6: Hello and welcome to the Daily Tennis Podcast where we are live from the Aegon Championships here at the Queen's Club West London. The podcast is a lot shorter in size, but better in quality, as David is doing a grown-up job, leaving me, Catherine Rittica, and Gigi Salmon to talk tennis. Coming up, we'll talk about two men already sadly leaving the Queen's Club, Kyle Edmund and Nick Kyrgios.
1: Just felt sharp pain and so I felt pretty much everything that I was feeling a month ago, so it's not great at the moment. Yeah, disappointing, but um, it's just one match I've lost.
6: And two men about to start their 2017 Aegon Championships.
4: It takes me a little bit longer to get used to the grass. It's the most challenging surface for, for my game in general. Now is the time I want to show up. And, uh
2: with
7: health and uh, be able to let my tennis speak for itself.
6: And comedian John Bishop explains why he has a love of tennis.
2: I like it because I like the, the ability to sort of just play a game without without the physical contact of football. Where I grew up it was football or boxing, I'd rather play tennis.
6: All of that plus defending champion Andy Murray and his opponent Aliash Badene. You're listening to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport Gigi and I are up on the commentary gantry overlooking the centre court. The play has just finished for the day. There are dusky skies above us. It's still about 28 degrees centigrade and it's 8pm in the evening. And I say play has finished the day. It is finished rather unexpectedly for the day, Gigi, because
3: we've had another retirement. Yeah, retirement with the French pair, the defending champion's second seeds here, Nicola mahu and Pierre-Hugues Hubert came through into the singles draw as a lucky loser we don't know exactly what the situation is at the moment and which of the French players can't continue you have to think if it's Hubert it's really unlucky because he made it through into the singles as a lucky loser maybe it's Nicolas Marhou but the one thing I'm noticing from our position up here in the commentary gantry is last year when you stood up here you could see the houses the other side and you could look towards Barons Court Station if anyone knows this area in London but now due to the new stand all I can see are seats just see this stadium built up around is still very intimate when you're low down but from our position looks absolutely enormous and all i can see are seats
6: it's completely obscured isn't it do you think the people that live in those houses are annoyed (laughs) that their beautiful view of the lovely queens club has been obscured for the tournament they probably could just about (laughs) spy some center court tennis from their from their windows this time last year but this year no, you're going to have to buy a ticket like the rest of the punters. We're going to talk about what's happened on the Centre Court and elsewhere today, focusing mostly on the Centre Court, but there has been some interest elsewhere too. And we should probably start with the biggest story of the day, and that is the loss of British number 2 Kyle Edmund to the exciting young, hashtag next-gen star, Denis Shapovalov of Canada
3: disappointment for Kyle Edmund. He did though say that Denis Shapovalov came through qualifying a lot more grass matches under his belt. Kyle Edmund only played on grass the first time last week and I think he got a little bit frustrated because afterwards in his press conference everyone said, well what went wrong, what went wrong? It was a very serve dominated match. Two guys with big, big servers but it was Shapovalov who was winning the key points and took the first set on a tiebreak, and then Kyle Fought back. I think he had one break point in that first hit. And then going down in the third, he said, Look, Chapoflo was very, very aggressive. And then came the questions to him Oh, but you don't like grass? You don't like this surface? You like clay? And he said, Rafa Nadal, you would say his weaker service is grass. He's won two Wimbledon titles so you could sense the frustration in Kyle. I think there's a little bit of frustration. He said, look, I lost to someone who's ranked 280 in the world on clay, so you can't sit there saying that clay's my favourite service. There's obviously a lot of things that Kyle Edmund has to sort out. Very disappointing that he lost in the first round here. He will play Eastbourne and then Wimbledon. They then brought up his bad record at Wimbledon and so I think Kyle Edmund just just wanted to get out of that press conference but Denis Shapovalov on the other side of things, hashtag next gen rising star. should we hear a little bit of that carl edmund press conference? Here we go. Okay,
1: it was my first match on grass, uh this year so obviously trying to find your way and in, in different speeds of balls and stuff but it wasn't easy just especially because uh type of player, the way the match went is very quick pace and not a lot of rallies, so you really have to be concentrating on, on your chances and just didn't get it. So obviously in the score line and tight first set, managed to break him and then I haven't been running a whole match apart from the last game, where you know the most important game. Yeah, disappointing, but um, it's just one match I've lost. He's also played Surbiton and Nottingham. He's played the uh, matches for a few weeks now, so yeah, that's just the schedule he played. He finished, I think he finished a lot early in Paris. Obviously, he lost in qualifying, and I just lost on that um, Sunday of the middle week. Yeah, I took some time off, trained a bit, and then came to to play queens but probably matches definitely help you know I've been in a situation where the more matches, a pen that surfaces, you definitely get more comfortable.
6: So, that was Kyle Edman disappointingly losing in the first round today to Denis Shapovalov I have to say, I don't think there's any shame in that loss at all. I really think Denis Shapovalov young and unpolished as he is, is the real deal. You can see the talent there. The left handed, one handed backhand is an absolute glory. Yes, he sprays errors from it more than he hopefully will do in two or three years' time, as I say it's unpolished it's very raw it's a lot less raw certainly mentally and emotionally than it was before that experience he had at the Davis Cup against Kyle Edmund where he hit Arno Gavas inadvertently uh, with the ball when he was uh, hitting out in frustration he's we talked about that a lot on the podcast last night and how much he's grown as a result of that experience and I was just very, very impressed with him today. I do think on the grass, the first tournament on the grass, on a new surface, a very specific surface of the season, I think coming through qualifying is a really massive leg up in the first round. I always remember Joe Wilfred Songer here in 2007, the first year I ever worked at Queen's. Yes, I know, it was 10 years ago. (laughs) Makes me feel very, very old. But he came here after playing. I think he reached the final in Surbiton, possibly even won Surbiton that year. And he played the final of Serbton, came here for qualifying, played the final of Serbton the same day as he played qualifying, uh, qualified here, then he beat Leighton Hewitt, who, who at the time was the, I think, defending champion here in the very first round, and all of that grass court experience, at the time he was an unknown, he hadn't even reached the Australian Open final at that point, total unknown, and there he was, making a real name for himself on the grass, because he had that grass court matches, the grass court experience under his belt. So. Yes, it's disappointing for Kyle Edmund. He only gets to play in front of home fans a certain number of times per year, so this is going to hurt. But I feel sorry for him that so much is going to be read into this defeat when actually I think he was just beaten by an extremely talented player who played his best today, or close to his best. So that's Kyle Edmund. Denis Shapovalov will now play Thomas Burdick in round two, Gigi. What are your thoughts?
3: Well, Thomas Burdick was out on court number one today. I'm not sure who would have been absolutely delighted with the fact that he wasn't on the centre court. Thomas Burdick, he's, a, he's such a good professional. He's been in the top ten for so, so many years. He's getting to the quarterfinals. He's latter stages of tournaments, but we don't really talk about him. We never seem to talk about Thomas Burdick. We spoke about him recently because he parted ways with Coach Goran easier. So I think with Thomas Burdick, he's still looking for something. It, it's strange. I mean... It, <laughs> Has he fulfilled his potential? Maybe he has, but in his mind, there's still another level. There's still somewhere else he can go. He's into his 30s now, but he keeps wanting to make changes to his credit and do something and find something else. Is there anything left to find in the Burdick game? I don't know, because he's already had such a fantastic career. But I think he's got a little point to prove. I think maybe being on court one, he'd be like, "Uh aha, I see. But he came (laughs) through against Steve Darsus very comfortably. He'll be hoping to be upgraded against Denis Shapovala. But I think it's, it's really interesting. Burdick without a coach at the moment, working out what he does next. And what can he do next in terms of changing his game he's got so much experience and then you've got this young Canadian aggressive game big game loving being out there I think it's interesting I think so too and I think uh, just as Burdick had a
6: point to prove about being out on court one today I think he'll have a point to prove against a young gun to say I'm still a relevant force in tennis your time hasn't come yet Dennis it's still my time I wouldn't mind playing on court one
3: would you be upset if the order of play came out I would be
6: absolutely fine with it it's an upgraded court one this year as well. extra seating any court Yeah. just to be on the court I agree Gigi I think you know (laughs) these guys don't know they're born do they Um, Nick Kyrgios didn't have have a great day today did he poor chap he fell down in the first set. They were, he was on serve against American Donald Young, injured his hip, looked to be quite bad, received some treatment on the court, limped on, uh, ended up losing that first set and retired very early on in
3: the second. It is a shame, isn't it, Gigi? It's a real shame for Nick Kyrgios. He's been struggling with injuries this year through the clay court season. He had to make withdrawals and he was doing so well. You, get this, you had a run of fantastic performances and he thought, well, hang on a, and has the real Nick Kirios arrived then sadly his grandfather passed away so he pulled out of Estoril where he was due to kick off his clay court season that derailed him a little bit but he came back saying I'm fit I'm fine I'm firing. He'd taken on Sebastian Grosjean on a part-time basis, and we were starting to think other, other pieces of this puzzle starting to fall into place. He was part of the draw ceremony here at Queen's, and he seemed in good form. I mean, Nick Kyrgios is Nick Kyrgios. He's going to say, I'm quite relaxed, and I don't mind, and I'm fine, and it's OK. He was here with his girlfriend, Ila Tomljanovic. He's been with him in the players' lounge, nice and relaxed, taking it very easy. He came out to court against the player Donald Young, who had played and beaten before. Donald Young can be dangerous, but Nick Kyrgios should have had this one. He felt the injury. He said, look, it's not that serious in terms of he doesn't believe. He says it won't keep him out of Wimbledon. Even if the injury's still there, he'll still play Wimbledon. He said he would play Wimbledon even with a quite serious injury, which was a sort
6: of really charming comment to say, but a slightly alarming one for Nick Kyrgios fans as well. Then he
3: backed it up with and I can't go home anyway because there's only a short space of (laughs) time there's only a week or so he sort
6: of said I'm in London anyway I might might as well well play play. Wimbledon can you imagine might as well stay for a Grand Slam I mean just as I'd be happy to play on court one I'm in London I'm
3: I'm, I'm up for that too it's frustrating but it's Nick Curious, and now I understand a little bit more I think he's a genuinely good guy but I understand a little bit more about the journos from Australia and the Frustrations they have with Nick Kyrgios. It must be very difficult to follow a player like that with so much talent. You get these highs and lows. You never really know where you stand with him. But it's 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 another chapter. It's another page in the in the life of Nick Kyrgios. And he'll
6: start being fired questions, won't he, about his sort of physical hardiness. He doesn't travel with a physio like a lot of well most other top professionals do. He has his brother as his fitness coach. I I I can't call his credentials into question for a moment he may well be extremely qualified but he gets fired all of those questions you have to be asked you know was this an unavoidable injury or was this the sort of injury that had you been a bit physically stronger and more professional could have been avoided I don't know the answer to that at the moment I'm not sure he knows but that is the situation for him Grigol Dimitrov no such worries for him uh, there's not an awful lot to say about it really other than he looked in fine fine fettle didn't he Gigi
3: yeah he certainly did look very comfortable out there. Ryan Harrison at his highest career ranking up in the early 40s. The doubles champion from France. Feeling good, feeling confident. He'd been doing some hitting with Andy Murray. Probably thought, yeah, I was picked for a reason. I've got this chance. I'm on grass. It's a first round. But Grigor Dimitrov, who started the year with a bang title. Semi-final in Australia. We're like, oh, the potential. It's happening. happening it's right happening. Here. And he's working with Danny Velvedo and they get on really well. Then there was the sudden dip. Then he came on to clay with no points to be defended and it was really hit and miss you're thinking oh I'm not sure where we are oh, now no, it's, back it's the other grass, thing is happening and you're <laughs> thinking okay he's a former champion here he loves this tournament and Ryan Harrison it's going to be tricky is it going to be tricky no wasn't tricky at all lost four games threw to round two he's very happy loves playing here job done and of story I think
6: for Grigor Dimitrov he marches on Should we have a little comedy interlude Gigi yes
3: are so you going to tell me a joke
6: I'm absolutely not, that would that would be the opposite of a comedy interlude if I attempted to do a joke But luckily I caught up with a professional comedian earlier on today who can tell you a joke or two I was on the tournament director's balcony, so was Mr John Bishop uh, And I asked him how his day at the Queen's Club was going
2: perfect isn't it, you couldn't ask for any more Although to be honest we're very very British It's lovely and hot and we've all, uh, uh, we've all moved ourselves to the shade elevated towards the shade, because out there is a little bit too hot for us.
6: I got told off by Grigor Dimitrov, who was on the court earlier today, yesterday, for complaining about the weather. He said, yes, last year it was all pouring with rain, and you all complained, and then this year you complained. He's got a point,
2: hasn't he? He has got a point. There's a problem with British people. There's about four degrees of weather that we like. and Everything else is too cold or too hot.
6: Yeah, I think this was under the too hot category. How have you enjoyed the tennis that you've watched today, John?
2: Oh, I've enjoyed it. I mean, it's great to see Kyle Edmund because obviously he's on his way up and there's a lot of talk about him. But it was also really nice for me because I've come with a friend who's involved with uh, La Roche-Posay who work with the Royal Royal Mars and we, we managed to get into the players' area. I've never been in that area before but everyone's just relaxed. Who did you see? Well, we had to, I had a chat with Andy Murray. Andy came over and we talked to him about his practice today and how he was feeling about, about playing tomorrow. And I, I was just staggered by it because obviously I've been to tennis before, but I've never been in the inner sanctum. And I don't think you get that in any sport ever.
6: Well, as in, you don't get that sort of like relaxed
2: atmosphere behind the scenes? Yeah, that relaxed atmosphere where everyone's chilling out, they're having a nice lunch to talk. And, and obviously, when you think about it, it makes sense because they spend. 30 weeks of the year, crossing paths with each other. But for me, it was quite an education about the etiquette of tennis, where they're all so relaxed and then tomorrow we'll be wanting to smash someone off the court.
6: What did you make of Andy? Have you met him before? Was that the first time?
2: Yeah, no, I've met him a few times. I'll tell you what I made of him. In fact, I was speaking to my friend John about it. If there was somebody who was a favourite for a tournament and you met him the day before his first game and he was that relaxed, you put your house on him.
6: You're putting your house on Andy Murray to win a sixth title hit.
2: Yeah, don't tell me, wife. <laughs> I'll put my half of the house on him.
6: Now, I know you're a big football fan, John. Where does tennis rank in your favourite sports list?
2: Well, tennis has always been that game that, that when Queen's comes around or Wimbledon comes around, that's when you get into it. And for me, it's always been like that since I was probably 12 or 13. It's like my summer sport. You know, so you get some people who play football and they play golf in the summer or something. Tennis is the game for me. I, just, I, I like it because I like the, the ability to sort of just play a game without without the physical contact of football, you know, without getting kicked in the head. Basically, that's why I like it. Where I grew up, it was football or boxing. I'd rather play tennis.
6: Randy sure, Andy Murray feels the same. Why are there no Scouse tennis players, John? Why have we not got a Scouse British number one?
2: Because I didn't take it seriously enough.
6: <laughs> it's calling.
2: I, I blame myself, I really do. I just think if I'd have just concentrated a little bit more, if I'd have seen that in a sanctum when I was younger, I think I'd have wanted the salad with the best.
6: You've let the whole of the Mersey side <laughs> tennis contingent <laughs> down, John. Uh, is this your first time at the Queen's Club? What do it you is, make of the is, actual club?
2: I'm loving it. I, I'm absolutely loving it. I was speaking to my friend John, who came in, was a stellar artswan. Obviously, it's got bigger and bigger. Uh, I love it, and I didn't actually realise. I didn't actually realise the location of it. I must have been past it a dozen times in my life. So sort of
6: hidden away isn't it, but I mean we're sort of in really central London here and there's this sort of glorious quiet tennis is, club
2: You know when you go to Wimbledon you make an effort it feels like a journey here I was kind of on my way to Selfridges, and I stopped over
6: <laughs> What a nice place to stop just finally you said you're here with a friend who works for the Royal Marsden This is the Royal Marsden day here at Queen's. That's pretty cool, isn't it? They're a great charity.
2: Oh, it is It's a great charity and it's awesome <laughs> i mean it kind of fills in what they're doing when you've got a day like this that's so sunny and the big thing that they they want is to obviously people to protect themselves in the sun so it there's there's a good link it's a good advert for what they do
6: so that was mr john bishop very very charming he was too he would put his house on andy murray such was his level of impressedness with murray's state of relax
3: and comfort with his game word of warning word of warning there was a situation on clay the Masters, Andy Murray against Albert Ramos-Vinilas. Third set, Murray was four love up, Monte Carlo. You asked anybody, their houses, their wives, their husbands, their children, any relatives they owned, any money they had would have been on Andy Murray. Who won? Albert Ramos-Vinilas. On did his way to losing to Rafa Nadal in the final. Are you Many willing to houses. name names of anyone who sort of did put their house on, or, on that? Miles McLagan was one <laughs> oh, man yes, who said are. he would have put his house up, But so would anyone. Murray, four love up in the decider it's going to happen when's it going to happen oh it hasn't happened yeah he can lead us up the garden path and in the press conference afterwards he even said I don't know why it didn't happen <laughs> I don't know what went wrong there so that was what and I spoke to a few other people and they all said yeah we all would have put our houses on the fact that he would not have lost that lead but he did I, I don't think it will be the case here but just a word
6: of warning well I think if he loses to fellow Aliash Badene tomorrow John Bishop's wife won't be too happy. Incidentally, I feel to point out that consistently throughout the printed running order that he, we have in front of us, Gigi Aliash, poor old Aliash, has been corrected to Allais, French word for as in Allay, of go French Beniné. tennis go player Beniné. fame. On one hand, I feel like that's sort of a great autocorrect. Well On the other hand, I feel like poor old Aliash, Microsoft Word doesn't recognise your well maybe name. Maybe
3: our producer is a Bednay fan because he's actually written go Bednay go Bednay
6: go. Bednay, go Bednay, yeah. go. Yeah, but we're completely impartial here on the well, tennis teles- Brist- podcast with the a- 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 So as long as, as a Brit, Brit wins, I think a Brit is going to win, don't you? Which Brit's going to win? You putting a house on Andy Murray?
3: I I don't think I'd put a house on, I don't think i have put a house on I, I haven't got effort. a house to
6: put on Andy Murray, you know, so only, I'm fine. I've
3: only really just got a house <laughs> and I quite like it so I'm not putting a house on anything, but, but I, I, I do believe they met here last year in the second round, it was comfortable for Andy Murray and Bednay has, has made changes, he's got better results, but, but I do believe Andy Murray will come through. And having talked about making improvements to his game, I actually had a little chat with Aliash earlier today and he's quietly confident about his grass court game.
8: I was working really hard in the preseason, and one of the things which uh, my coach Nick Cavaday mentioned was you can play on grass now because you've improved many skills and I played last week in Hertogenbosch, played my first quarter-finals on the ATP um, on grass and um, I'm enjoying it.
3: What do you think you've improved to make you a better player on grass?
8: Well my movement got better, um, my returns got better, serving better, I mean overall the games changed a little bit and got better.
3: So the draw is made and you get the world number one Andy Murray, you faced him in the second round here last year. What was the initial reaction to that draw, because I know you're not going to get an easy match with a lineup like you have here, but that's tough.
8: Yeah, I mean one of the reasons why we wanted to play uh, Halle was because it's difficult to avoid players like Andy here and uh, you've got obviously a few good, great players there but the field's not that strong. Um, but at the end I pick Quinn and uh, I'm happy. Um, although I'm playing Andy in the first round obviously it would be better to play him later. Um, but yeah it's always a, um, it always depends on me. Yeah, how I play, how I'm enjoying the match and if I go tomorrow on the court and enjoy the match I'll, I'll be happy with that.
3: I always think whether it's Andy Murray or Novak Djokovic or Roger Ferrer is number one what's the mindset going into a match against a world number one? Is it different?
8: Um, well it's no different to playing any of those great players um, but yeah I know Andy, I've been practicing with him, he's a great guy um, and you know it's obviously not easy um, to go against someone who you know a little bit um, but, you know, he is going to give his best so, and I'll, I'll try to do the same so um, I'm looking forward to it.
3: So that's Aliash or Ale Bedene. Can I just say, before we started that chat with Bednay, he's got an identical twin brother and I've got non-identical twin boys, so we had a little twin chat. I didn't think it was worth recording because probably no one'd be quite interested. <laughs> but he actually said, when he was younger, he didn't like the fact there was someone out there that looked just like him. I mean, it must be weird, mustn't it? I mean, it must it's be very weird. Like you also had
6: twin chat with the Bryan brothers
3: earlier. I... I yeah I tend to do that <laughs> <laughs> Twins or people who've got twins We have twin chat She, um, she spends a lot of time Talking about tennis and twins well, I was asking So when tennis twins come
6: along for, for It's tips very exciting For on how
3: to make my twin boys As successful as they are maybe, I'd just be happy with one Grand Slam title To be honest if they won it And Mike Bryan did
6: say That when um, Roger, F- Roger Federer once told him That when he and Mirka found out That um, they were expecting twins Their first thought was of Mike Bryan And he found that weird and touching. So on that note, should we hear from Andy Murray, (laughs) the man that twin Aliash Bidette, I'm trying to link it back to the tennis, Gigi. I'm with you, I'm with you. um, Very tenuously. Uh, Should we hear from Andy Murray the full interview which we teased on yesterday's tennis podcast. This is five-time champion, defending champion, world number one, Andy Murray, talking to me yesterday ahead of his Aegon Championships title defence. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live, and you can watch on your phone or on your smart TV in HD.
1: Sounds great. There's genuinely nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere. And can
0: I just sit and watch court says in Longland all day?
6: You sure can, David. Wherever the stories are, the rivalries emerge and the generations clash, you can watch it all with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Be there when it happens by subscribing to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. The country, the United Kingdom, is going through... Quite a tough time at the moment and sport is something that can really bring people a lot of happiness unite a lot of people is that something that sort of you're conscious of as a sort of a talisman for sport in this country
5: yeah I mean I've obviously I've been very lucky to be able to compete here and at Wimbledon over the years and you know the crowds are always you know amazing people always show up to, to support and you know not not obviously they're not just here for me they're here to watch all of all of the players, but you know we feel very lucky even you know with everything that's been going on re- recently um, you know the people do, do still come out to you know to support the the, the players but enjoy a, a day out you know have, having fun with friends family um, you know and hopefully be be entertained by the the tennis that we're playing so're we're, we're very fortunate to, to be in that that position and you know it's important to remind yourself of that sometimes you know we sometimes live in our own little bubble where you know we think just about how well we're playing and how our practices are going but there's obviously many things that are a lot more important than than just our tennis
6: You're also fortunate Andy to have been immortalised as a superhero what were your impressions when you saw that superhero that you'd been transformed into?
5: Yes yeah, so I, I saw that uh, here on Wednesday I came into to, to uh, Sponsorship day with, with Under Armour, and yeah, it, was, it was obviously strange uh, seeing yourself uh, look that way. Um, I'm hoping that's how I look when I finish playing. I want to sort of get a bit bigger, bulkier, and stronger, um, but yeah, that wouldn't be good for my tennis just now. So I'm a little bit leaner than what the the, the image portrayed, but um, it looked good.
6: Some protein shakes will do the yeah. business. Just finally, Andy, back to Queen's. Aliash Badenay, first round you played here last year, what are your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, uh, he's played really, really well last three months uh, really, I saw him uh, playing in the final of a challenger where I was training um, just before Monte Carlo, which he he won um, and then he he went on to win one or two other challengers and has won a lot of matches recently, had a decent run uh, in Holland last week, Um, he lost to to Muller in the the quarters in three sets, so um, It'll be tough, I think he quite likes the grass. He's he's a big server, hits the ball pretty flat, so I I think his game's quite well suited to to the grass. And um, yeah, obviously try and watch a little bit of the the match from from last year. but yeah, it uh, will be tricky.
6: So that's Andy Murray, who will take on fellow Brit Alias Bedene tomorrow. I think we're all confidently predicting, although not committing our houses, to the fact that Murray will probably win through that. Other matches that we have to look forward tomorrow, to tomorrow, Gigi. Stan Wawrinka against Feliciano Lopez. He doesn't do too well out of the draw here, Stan Wawrinka, <laughs> does he? He's had some tough ones.
3: But, you know, you, you, you've got to beat the players put in front of you, and Feliciano Lopez, it's going to be a challenge because Lopez got to the final in Stuttgart. He's a wily old fella. Wily, I love wily that word. Fella.
6: Been in the finals Old is probably less complimentary, but what? old old is good in
3: tennis. Old these is days. old is young now. I don't think old is, old is old is not a rude word in tennis no. now because old is old is good. If yeah, you're young, it's almost like, oh well, you're too young. Lopez not too young. Lopez old, uh, Re- experience just reaching his prime. Just. Possibly. Did lose in the, <laughs> the final Stuttgart, And he's going to be very difficult on cross because he's got a grass court game. And Stan Wawrinka, everyone keeps about, talking about completing the career gan- grand slam. Can I see Wawrinka winning Wimbledon? No. Never. You can never see it. No, I, I We d- couldn't I don't, have seen Wawrinka
6: winning... probably l- 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 More l- l- so l- than Wimbledon. Yeah. I agree. I think it's probably less like, it's less than 50% likely. But you put your house on it? W- I'm not putting anything <laughs> on that. I wouldn't put 50p on it. Um, but I would.
3: I'm not ruling him out of doing that. I've ruled him out. Have you? I know. I know. Oh. I just. I'm, I'm a very indecisive person. So there was something that just just went for it there. Well, you might not be optimistic
6: about Stan Wawrinka's game on grass, Gigi, but Stan himself is.
4: I love uh, the I love the tournament. It's a great tournament. They do a lot for the players. The grass uh, is just amazing. So it's always great to come back uh, here.
6: It's amazing how quickly the tennis season moves on. It was just seven days ago that you were on court in Paris. How has the last week been for you?
4: Yeah, it's, uh, it's always really quick after the clay season, for the grass season, but uh, I took some few days off and arrived here uh, quite early to practice on the grass already. Uh, I was quite uh, tired after, after great uh, uh, last four weeks, uh, so I needed some, some little time off and I'm ready for the grass courts.
6: We had a chat with Magnus a few days ago. We were talking about your transition onto the grass. It's, he said it takes you a little bit longer than it perhaps takes some players. Are you getting there?
4: Yes, for sure. Uh, it normally takes me a little bit longer to, to, to get used to the grass. It's the most challenging surface for, for my game in general. Uh, you, you need you have less time, you need to, to be quicker, you need to, to think a little bit less, uh, go a little bit more for your shot. But uh, again, I'm sure I'm doing some, some great uh, practice so far and hopefully I can I can play some good tennis this week.
6: Paul Anacone has uh, joined the team alongside Magnus. What's he brought to the party? Why him?
4: I, I know him since uh, since many years. Uh, he's been on the Tour for, for many, many years with some amazing champion. Uh, he knows the game well. Uh, we're going to start together. I'm looking forward with, with Magnus and him to to see a little bit uh, uh, his, uh, his vision of my game and try to see what, what we can improve.
6: So that's Stan Wawrinka, who Gigi is certainly not putting a house on to ever win a Wimbledon Championship, but he he's proved win, it all wrong before. He could win here,
3: and he <laughs> could win any other, Gra- I, just, I, just don't think, I just don't think Wimbledon, but, but you never know, he keeps adapting the team and, and taking people on and trying to change, we've got Paul Anacone working with him on the grass court season this time around, maybe it'll make a difference, maybe it'll help him out, but I just think to come through seven matches at Wimbledon with the field we have at the moment will be tough. It'll be tough, without question. I'm not ruling him out quite as decisively, but I I agree the
6: odds are possibly stacked a little bit against him. Milos Raonic takes on Tanasi Kokinakis tomorrow. It is a joy, isn't it, Gigi, to see Mr Kokinakis back on a tennis court.
3: It is. He's fit. He's healthy, he was wild-carded into this event. He's also played doubles with with Kyle Edmonds, who's getting some good practice. He was hitting with Andy Murray today, and Kokonakis didn't seem that happy with how his practice was going, but I think the main thing is he's fit, he's healthy. He's healthy enough and he's fit enough to be back on the tour again. I mean, his ranking is, what, down in the 686 or something like that, but he's got the talent, he's a lovely guy, he's been wild-carded into events, so hopefully given some time that ranking will shoot back up there
6: I'm really chuffed for him to see somebody so young be so blighted by injuries is a really tough thing and I really felt for him last year when he he rushed his comeback didn't he because he was so desperate to play at the Rio, Olympi- Rio Olympics to represent Australia at the Olympics he now admits that he did come back too soon and that's put him out of the sport for a pr- probably prolonged his time in the sidelines been an extra six months or so which is such a shame but great to see him back unfortunately for him he's drawn last year's finalist Milos Raonic. should we hear from Milos? Gigi it's
7: a fantastic tournament and obviously situated between two grand slams uh, it's great to have this cozy uh, atmosphere that's at a club and uh, uh walking through a clubhouse it's a different kind of uh, atmosphere but then you step out on court especially with the expansion here it, it feels very grand and a great sort of stage of opportunity
6: finalist here last year one of the best finals we've had in recent years you've described it as one that got away how much did it hurt losing that last year
7: yeah it did you know being upset a break those are conditions i thrive in so uh I've uh, had a chance actually this year to see that match quite a few times, it's been on TV in the players lounge plenty, so uh, hopefully uh, if that situation was to arise again I can deal with it better.
6: It's been a tough year for you physically, struggling with injuries, I hope that you're feeling good now, does that and the fact of the loss last year, does it make you particularly hungry coming into the grass? Of
7: grounds? course, uh, there's been uh, a lot of moments this year, especially on surfaces that I've uh, preferred that I haven't been at, at my best, I haven't been healthy, so uh, now is the time I want to show up and uh, with health and uh, be able to let my tennis speak for itself, and uh, I know I'm a better player this year than I was last, and hopefully that shows.
6: Mark Knowles joined your team alongside Ricardo. why him and why now?
7: Well, a guy that I believe has great knowledge in tennis, hasn't been away from tennis uh, really at all, uh, has been commentating and following tennis a lot over the past few years and somebody that I believe can communicate well with me and uh, really be able to pass on some very valuable ideas and knowledge.
6: This time last year you were here with John McEnroe, I know you two are still close. Is the stuff that he taught you and brought to you, are you still taking that onto the court with you? Yeah,
7: we speak about it all the time and he doesn't let me forget those, those lessons I uh, incorporate them into each and every match.
6: So that's Milos Raonic who very understandably is very much looking forward to the grass court season because let's face it grass is probably his best chance at this stage of winning a Grand Slam, isn't it?
3: Absolutely, it's incredible, and you think, was it last year when he got to the final at Queen's, it's the first time he'd made a final on grass, and eight or nine attempts, because we just assumed that Roundwich will play well on grass, but we've spoken about this before, he had that horrible fall that led to surgery at Wimbledon all those years ago, and it put a kind of block in his mind of, I can't work well on the surface despite having the physique and the game to play well on the surface, so the final last year, like, this is his first grass court final, that's just really weird. Then he went on, I remember in his losing speech here to Andy Murray. And remember, he was in a good position on Murray in that final before Murray turned it around. He said, I hope we have another date, as it were, on a tennis court in a couple of weeks' time. And there they were at Wimbledon. He's brought Mark Knowles on, the former Grand Slam winning doubles player, onto his team. He said he's an intelligent guy. He's been off the tour. I like to spend time with him, like to talk to him. And he's a guy that learns. He will make the most of every single ounce of talent he has in his body to achieve the best that he can and do I see him winning Grand Slam well the fields are tough and there's a lot of people out there at the moment but he's 26 years of age he's doing everything right and uh, I think he stands a really good chance yeah it was sort of
6: prophetic wasn't it his speech after the final last year he said I'll see you in three weeks time in a different final and he was right so maybe we should try and get him on for some tennis podcast predictions at some stage Milos Raonic he'll certainly do a dance like better than David and I this has been the first daily well there was a preview one yesterday but in terms of during the actual championships. This has been our first daily tennis podcast from the Aegon Championships 2017. Gigi, thank you, it has been an absolute pleasure. We have another one coming to you tomorrow. We have another six of them, in fact. They have, of course, as always, been brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport, and as the sun sets over the Queen's Club, we'll say, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.